Nick Dar here getting ready to shoot uh, another episode of Business Over Brew, which wouldn't be possible if not for our great sponsors at Roberts Motors. Uh, you know the Roberts Motors name. They've been around since 1949. Uh, definitely a name that means quality. We certainly appreciate their support of not only this show, but all they do for the community. You talk about a local business that gets it in terms of supporting great community causes and just being involved in the community. The guys at Roberts Motors, Sam, John, the rest of the crew there, they really understand what it means to be a good business citizen in the community, and they've done that for a lot of years. Uh, If you're in the market for a vehicle, you you know the the car industry has been a little upside down lately in terms of inventory. Uh, They're starting to get more and more vehicles on the lot. Uh, starting to see some new Broncos out there, so go check that out. A little more pre-owned inventory as well. They're certainly always in the market to uh, give you a great deal if you're looking to sell your vehicle as well. Now's a great time to do that. And maybe something we don't talk about enough is just a a really great uh, top-notch service center at Roberts Motors. Uh, If you need work done in your car, you need tires, oil change, any kind of service work, uh, Roberts Motors is really a terrific place to consider um, and they would just appreciate the opportunity to do business with you, whether it's buying a vehicle, uh, buying your vehicle from you, or getting some work done to your vehicle. Check out Roberts Motors uh, on Albee Street in Alton or at robertsmotors.com. I mean, we kind of, yeah, they could deliver. DoorDash it yeah, up here to us. Right, they could. <laughs> we drank juice in the last one. Yeah, I saw that. I was literally like, do I buy a beer? Like, they're not drinking beer. Now I know why they were drinking juice. Yeah. Is juice brewed? <laughs> no. So. Clap. Could be. All right. You guys are off and on. All right, here we go. Welcome to Business Over Brew. Pleased to be joined in this episode by my friend Nathan Kirpin, Benchmark Mortgage. Nathan, how are you? Howdy. Good. Thanks for Good coming to be on here. the show. Yeah, my pleasure. Well, just tell us a little bit about uh, your, your personal business history and, and how you ended up here. Oh, goodness. Um, well, one day. No, <laughs> <laughs> no ultimately, goodness. Um, 22 years plus now in the financial services industry. And really, I'd have to give credit to various mentors that were in my path that gave me the opportunity and said, you know, here's, here's a path where not only can you provide for your family, but you can also um, have a career. You know, I don't know if that makes sense, but um, I took that idea and I took that, those coattails, <coughs> excuse me, and um, the training that I got early on, which was that in kind of more of a classical financial coaching training, and that led me into the mortgage business. Mm-hmm. And I've been full-time in the mortgage business since 2001, and that career of coming alongside people in their finances, helping them make smart decisions, whether it was buying a home, selling a home, <clears throat> leveraging their equity, um, or investing in real estate uh, by way of you know mortgage coaching has has been my practice. Talk a little bit about uh, growing up. Was that something that you thought a, a path you would have in in? Yeah, I put on or? I put on that cape that says said, mortgage man, be, right, yeah. mortgage coach. <laughs> Just as every kid dreams <laughs> of growing up to be. Either yeah, either. you know um, the closest aspirations I can have is was say in high school. I was aspiring to be an architect. I enjoyed, so I'd always had an eye for, for homes. I'd always had an eye, you know, and probably a lot of that comes back to uh, my own, maybe going in the Wayback Machine. Mm-hmm. You know, having grown up, spent the first 10 years of my life really having fleeting things to call home. 
And what I mean is, I mean, I lived in 15 different locations by the age of 10. And I can't say that there was like anything that just clearly said, oh, you know, you need to help families become homeowners because you grew up without one. That wasn't, and I don't want it to sound as if I was just homeless, that we were never homeless. We just moved a lot. I mean, we moved where the work was. Mm -hmm. My stepfather was a bricklayer. My mom had the ability to get a job anywhere as a great server. So she had a a servant's heart. Mm -hmm. My stepfather was just a hardworking, you know, um, like I said, bricklayer who just was very demand. And so when a job would get done, we'd move. Now, that obviously shaped itself into the younger version of me or a little bit older version of me at that point, um, 12, 13 years old, where I'm like, hey, we've lived a lot of places here locally, let alone the 15 places we lived growing up. Um, I'd like to do something a little more traditional, right? right. You know, watch enough Leave It to Beaver to, to know that there was something different. There was an op- a to- polar opposite of the upbringing I had, which I never begrudged. Right. But um, long and short, I thought, you know, there's, there's a path here. You know, there, this has to be different. There's a way to do this different. Um, I was an only child. And now as a father of seven, you know, looking back, you know, that common question people ask, where are you from? Well, I've lived where I live now longer than I've lived anywhere. <laughs> so is that where I'm from? I don't know. <laughs> right. But, you know, a home matters. And so... Back to that 12, 13-year-old version of myself where I almost said, like, hey, enough's enough. We've, we've moved enough, Mom, right? <laughs> at, that point, at some point, you start having that conversation with your parents. Right. You know, I'm, I'm dealing with that with some of my own teens right now. They're like, Dad, you know. But uh, long and short, I um, ended up just kind of saying, hey, this has got to be different. So I think that turned me on to the idea at the same time getting exposed to uh, – uh, drafting in high school mm-hmm. and different things like that. That was that was the closest correlation. I was really I was good at that. I was good with computers. I was good at at uh, I, I guess in, in a lot of ways visionary. Right? I can envision things that people want wanted uh, to do. Now, own mistakes aside and own path aside. Um, Strapped myself with a lot of responsibility early on. You know, became a dad at 17, was married for the first time at 18, mm-hmm. and unfortunately divorced, you know, by 21. Um, but a lot of responsibility in at there a young age. at a young age, right. which meant I had to go and produce. I had mm-hmm. to go out and put, be able to put a roof over our head, put food in our, our bellies, you know, pay the bills, and, and go out there and, and adult in a very fast-paced way. And that's when I fell in. I was lucky, really, in a lot of ways, to fall into financial services. And being a kid at that point, just from uh, uh, Wood River, Illinois, uh, where I graduated, you know, I was able to um, curtail that into serving my community. Mm-hmm. You know, serving those that really either needed their finances Adjusted, you know, in a time where rates were coming down, right? We're not experiencing that. We're experiencing right, rates yeah. going up, but the inverse of that was 20 years ago, rates were coming down, mm-hmm. you know, out of the 90s um, and into the early 2000s, and there was a lot of opportunity to help families reorganize their finances, 
you know, that, that early investment planning and coaching training I got, well, I kept meeting head, head on with families that were struggling. They were struggling with what it meant to make ends meet each month. So to be in a, a guy in the investment business at a young age myself, mm-hmm. let alone running into the friends and family and, and their friends and family by referral, um, who were just, you know, hey, I'd love, to, I'd love to invest in my own future, but I don't have the resources. And the mortgage became a tool. Mm-hmm. So I've always looked at it, here I am 20 plus years later, I've always looked at the mortgage as a tool. And I think that's something that's very unique about Benchmark, that's very unique about the Kirpin Group, is we leverage it as a financial tool, not just a means to buy stuff. I think a lot of right. people slang mortgages, dare I use that term? Um, whereas we coach as to what are the best pros and cons of, of, of that. And we, we tie a client's decision-making to the truth, right? You know, the matter. Talk about that term coaching. Um, that's a, maybe a little bit different term in your industry. What does that mean to you guys and, and how does that differ from other mortgage companies? Well, it's really something I've had to become, it's become an identity. Mm-hmm. Meaning, <clears throat> excuse me, the identity is, it's really how, it's the questions you ask. It's the conversations you have. It's the care that you apply. And I tell people all the time, it's like eight out of 10 people, really, they don't know it or not sometimes. They want a coach. They want somebody that's willing to come alongside them guide them through the, the finances, provide them with the pros and cons, provide them with uh, the extra knowledge they just don't have. I mean, the Internet's a great source right. of information. It's not a great educator, mm-hmm. right? We need, people can educate each other because we, you know, we have that nuance um, and we can understand we have empathy. Right. The Internet doesn't have empathy. <laughs> no. So that's a, coach, a coach has right. empathy, Right. And internet just has information that's throwing at you like a hydrant. Um, so all in all, that's the difference, you know, and I tell people those two out of 10, you know, eight out of 10 want and need what we have and what we offer. Mm-hmm. Not everybody finds us, hopefully some will, uh, through this. Right. But the two out of 10 that don't, they're, they just, they're just looking for the McDonald's. Of mortgage, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, they're looking for that fast food experience. You know, they are looking for something very transactional. And those two out of ten, <clears throat> I've talked to them. I've had I've had people I've talked to. are like, wow. I'm like, you really know your stuff. You know, I mean, they're giving me a run for my money as far as knowledge to knowledge. They've done some research. Right. They've they've they're that type of person. But not most people don't have time for that. Right. You know, they they want somebody that is going to care. Is going to come alongside them. Is going to see their goals and their dreams, and say, "Well, here's here's how you craft that. Uh, here's the delivery system to get you to your goals and dreams." Mm-hmm. And that's I know it's sometimes I sit down with I've sat down with guys that I know that are financial advisors, and they're like, "Well, you just you know a mortgage is a transaction. You know you don't have clients, you have customers." I literally had somebody say that to mm-hmm. me, and I'm like, "Well, I don't think of my." clients as customers right i think of a, as their clients they have a need and yeah sometimes that's very rudimentary like mm-hmm. here's my need 
give me this home. But there's so much more uh, complexity to finance than what your best friend did for their house should be what you do. Right? right? There's there's differences in credit. There's differences in income. There's differences in, you know, whether it's short-term or long-term. Mm-hmm. And so most loan officers just haven't been trained. I think there's a lot of great loan officers out there that right. have a heart of a coach, but maybe they don't have the right vehicle. Mm-hmm. Right? And they've got a company that's just telling them produce, 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 transact, transact, transact. Right. And um, that's one thing that Benchmark has managed to do is because we operate, it's going to sound cliche as I'll get out, (coughs) but we operate based on core values. And the more I've analyzed those core values, the more I've realized, wow, what they've done a really good job of nationwide, because Benchmark's a nationwide company, um, is they've done a really good job of making sure the people that get in the door are cut from that heart of a coach mm-hmm. sort of cloth. Right. I, I think, you know, 20 plus years in the business too has got to be a bit of a, you've seen a lot of things. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, lived it. <laughs> right. Talk about some of the ups and downs of those 20 years in terms of just, you know, interest rate environments. And well, like I got to give credit to um, my wife and my partner in life. Um, we've actually celebrated working in the mortgage business now, um, 20 years together as of August of 2022. Congratulations. Yeah. And uh, she hasn't, is there a knife in my back? No, I no she that. hasn't killed me yet. Um, <laughs> operative word, if I come up missing, call 1-800. Um, <laughs> no. um, but, I mean, the reality is we've been through it together. And mm-hmm. something recently, just because, I mean, the business is different today than it was in 2021 and was in 2022. It's been, it's been a uh, bit of a, a shift is the best way to describe that. And with that, you know, it's that reality of we have always been a one income. I mean, think of it. I mean, right. there's two of us, you know, digging that ditch, mm-hmm. serving those clients, making it happen. Right. But we've been a one income household um, for those 20 plus years now. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if that answers the question that you asked, but that's been a, a some of the ups and downs just sure. interpersonally. Yeah. Right? I'm a very candid person um, and interpersonally that's been an interesting experience but it, you know everything has its pros and cons and we definitely um, have flexibility that others just don't mm-hmm. when it comes to being with each other uh, let alone with our family because I am you know a father of seven yeah. five of which are still at home um, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah I say that I mean, Okay. And I have four, but seven's, yeah, that's another level. Yeah, actually, waiting for our uh, second grandbaby to be due oh, well, is congrats. due at the end of this month, but I think it's going to be here any day now. Cool. We're wondering, you know, Christmas baby or not. We'll see. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we've talked about with some other guests just how it's different um, running a business, owning a business, how just, you know, you. you People, a lot of people that, that don't own the business, they care about their jobs. It's not that, but it's just, it's tough not to live and die with almost everything. <laughs> yeah, you never clock out. Is right. That kinda, yeah, yeah there, is, there is that aspect, especially, you know, Pillow Talk can consist of, you know, did we take care of the Jones file? Or <laughs> you know, the Smith's going to close right, on time? Yeah. yeah. Um, and we've learned to compartmentalize that, but at the same time, it's, um, you know, we, we'd like to 
there's no such thing as being infinitely available. There's no such thing as being mm-hmm. available to anyone 24-7 because, look, here I am right now. Right. I'm only available to you. And by the way, broadcasting, yeah. we're able to duplicate, but no other means can I be available right. to anyone else. And so we don't make those claims, but being the dynamic duo that we are, um, we've taken the team approach to, which is very apropos for coaching, right? Sure. Is we have a team approach to how we do things. <coughs> Excuse me. We do a team approach to how we serve with our uh, realtor partners and our other industry partners. And we treat it as, as it's one fluid experience that has to um, live and die on communication. Mm-hmm. And that's been the real key to success is just communicating um, fast and often and, and, and sometimes maybe even too much. And sometimes people say, Hey, I'm good. Right. Like update me ever so often. <laughs> right. You mentioned mentors and they've been important for me and in, in my career too. Uh, just share with us a couple of nuggets from some of your mentors that have, that have helped you in, in yeah. business and, and maybe in your personal life even too. Yeah. So I've had various mentors. Um, the, the biggest I got to give credit to my own mother here. My mother, despite what sounded to be very tumultuous, you know, with us moving and, and certainly it wasn't lifestyles of the rich and famous, but the one thing she did really well consistently through my childhood (coughs) was the, you can do anything you put your mind to Mm -hmm. really like really embedding the American dream, what I call the American dream. And our motto as a team is being champions for the American dream. And so the mentors that have helped me see that, live that, started with my mother, you know, uh, with her just consistently saying, you can, right? To others in my life, despite me trying to get in my own way at a young age and throw monkey wrenches into things, saying, well, yeah, you could go this path, and provide for a family. But we really see some capabilities here that with the right nurturing and the right education and the right tools mm-hmm. could go a totally different path. And, and, you know, I was fortunate to have some success in the sales business, you know, whether that was as simple as my first telemarketing job in high school to uh, later being a, a district sales leader for ADT Home Alarm Systems, which was my first really ability to put food on the table. Right. Um, you know, I, I realized, you know what, I can relate to people's needs. That's really what it was for mm-hmm. me. And they kept uh, maturing that. Now, did I want to be, you know, at 20 years old, did I want to be 30 years old doing door, running door to door sales crews for ADT? No, I had other mentors saying to me, look, there's things you can do. Right. How about you come with me and I show you. And financial services became that eye-opening experience where mentors had literally, they, they didn't just say it, they, they did it. Mm-hmm. They said, here, I'm going to show you exactly what life you can lead. And a simple kid from Woodriver, Illinois, was taken to a, you know, dare I just liken it to a Tony Robbins type event 20-something years ago. But you can, and for those that know Tony right. Robbins, I mean, look him up if you don't, and you'll see the enthusiasm, you'll see the crowds. So imagine, take your 19, 20-year-old self and put it in that environment mm-hmm. 
and and you just you you see the world right. right and that's what mentors did for me let alone saying hey here's the template to copy here do right. these things and in sharing their own past i think i think the humility the candidness that i'm sharing with you today was because people shared it with me mm-hmm. they weren't perf- they weren't perfections right at the podium they were they were human giving giving credit to god themselves and telling us hey we can we we have been made for something greater than where we are right at this moment sounds like maybe it shifted your mentality into one of like an abundance mentality that absolutely. Of, of what's possible absolutely yeah matter of fact scarcity you know they 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 blew scarcity out of the water right a long time ago that was an abundance mentality is is a great way to put it what was the what were you uh, telemarketing in high school <laughs> This dates you, right? Um, so the first telemarketing job I ha- ever had was for uh, AT&T Long Distance. So Long Distance, that's that thing where you actually had to pay extra money. We don't do that anymore. <laughs> to call outside of your area code, let alone another state. Right. Right. In- intralata, interstate. <laughs> There's some terms there yeah. that harken back. And, you know, I think the best thing that did for me was a high volume of no. It's true. <laughs> you get used to it. You like, get oh, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. She told me no. He told me no. Okay, that that I didn't die. <laughs> what, right. I'm, I'm curious. Do you have any idea, like, what the percentage was of how many yeses to nos? Yeah. You know, I will admit, um, I wasn't always the best at following their script, <laughs> but because I had a natural, it goes back to that upbringing, right? I was always having to either reinvent myself or acclimate to the environment I grew up in which was a different environment mm-hmm. rather often yeah, and more adults in my life, you know, in those different environments than, than children. So who am I relating to? I'm relating to, to people. So right. by the time I'm, you know, of that age, I mean, even before telemarketing, I was doing my own at home services where it was lawn care or one of my friends in the neighborhood did babysitting and we would do house cleaning together. You know, we could, we could get those jobs. Right. Um, to translate that into telemarketing. And I would say it was probably, um, if you could get somebody to do more than hang up, you know, my, my, right. my close ratio, as they might want to call sure. it, was really high. And they were, they were kind of like almost in awe. They're like, well, but he's breaking the rules. Well, well what he's saying isn't breaking the rules. He's just not sounding like a robot. Right. <laughs> well, basically it comes down to for a lot of years, you've been identifying and solving problems for your clients and customers. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And that was, uh, that translated then into uh, a very high value need as a, uh, uh, 18 year old dad at that point mm-hmm. with my second child due just before my 19th birthday. Right. And I can I can reflect back. You know, he's now um, 23 years old, just married himself. Awesome. Um, so I've got two that have have broken that mold. Thanks be to God. Right. Um, and they have uh, since. Um, you know, my oldest daughter's gotten married, given us our second grandchild. I mentioned. You know, my second son's married. No grandchildren in the in the foretold future as of yet. But uh, long and short, just uh, reflecting back to that time of, okay, well, you know, we got to get into something that's going to put a roof over our head because I got to give credit back to family again as they were taking care of this, what, what perceivably or easily could have been a slacker at that age right. going down the wrong path. 
Um, and we got we had the opportunity and were given the support to then springboard into something that did provide and it provided very well, and that was working for ADT. A couple minutes left. What are you seeing in the in the mortgage industry today? Mm-hmm. Just kind of a market analysis, if you will. Yeah. No, as a mortgage coach, we definitely um, I can nerd out on the the mortgage talk sure. too. We don't want to go down that too deep. <laughs> it's a rabbit hole. But um, what I see is we're in a market that is ha- has been and is stabilizing. Right. We could not continue mm-hmm. to see values increase even here in the St. Louis market in the Midwest um, at the pace they were that they were growing. That that was unsustainable. Right. Um, only thing that would have sustained that, with, you know, that continued inflation, which we hear and see the government consistently trying to uh, stave off now. <clears throat> but the only thing that would allow that to continue is the continue of, of the increased money supply. And the very increased money supply is what made money cheap. Cheap money means you're lending more money, makes things more affordable. The more right. affordable this beer is, the more people are going to buy beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the makes more affordable sense. a yeah. home is, the more homes are going to be sold sure. and the more more they're going to sell those homes for. Right. Especially, so, so the biggest struggle in the market still is inventory. Uh, it isn't lack of interested buyers. The American g- dream that we champion for is just, it, it's red, white, and blue. Mm-hmm. You know, um, no one had to tell me to go buy a home. I wanted to. Right. Despite all that tumultuous upbringing where I could have easily just lived in a van down by the river, um, the reality is I wanted to own a home. Right. And I bought my first home right here in the river bend, right in Alton, Illinois. And I wanted it in a bad way. No one had to convince me. And the rates didn't matter. Mm-hmm. What mattered is, did it fit into my budget? Right. Did it fulfill the vision of what I thought was going to be a safe home for my family, you know, at that time, which was already, you know, two children. And that's what mattered. And, and did I have a guide? You know, did I have somebody guiding me through that process a little bit? And I'll, I'll say I kind of bullheaded, pushed my way through my first home purchase, mm-hmm. which has a lot to do with why we serve the way we do. Right. Because I didn't seek wise counsel. Mm-hmm. I was probably, I was two of 10, right? I was right. an eight of 10. I was, you know what, this is what I want to do. And I'm doing it. And, and I did it. Right, and I made some mistakes, but not having wise counsel, not not having a, a maybe even a home home inspector, or not asking the right questions, um, you know, of the real real estate professionals involved, and things like that. So I really passionately um, deliver that today as a coach, and that's what the market needs. I think again, eight out of ten people want and need a coach. Um, they're going to continue. They need a coach more today than ever mm-hmm. because. Do I have the equity? Don't I have the equity? How many sellers I've come across, people that want to sell and then buy as the lender, and I'm the first one to do the math with them on what it, what it means to sell at a certain price, you know, and now with the right real estate partners that I work with as advocate and I'm advocates for, mm-hmm. do that with people. Right. So we're not, again, back to team approach. Leverage team approach. Every market needs it, fast or slow, and leverage, um, you know, getting the wisest counsel on rates, the wisest counsel on proper loan structure, right purchasing. Told a client just today, you know what? She, in order for her to sell and buy, her thing would be to, um, she wanted to sell because she just bought November of 2011. Mm-hmm. Or 2021. 20, <laughs> Sorry, well, losing well, decades. Yeah. yeah, I'm losing decades. She had just bought in 2021. And... 
something to change for their son's school. Well, fundamentally, there are some economic differences between then and now. Right. Where I'm like, well, it might be better. Is everything about this home good except for the school? Because these differences might mean your best investment is private school. Right. And while that sounds expensive, you know, there's different economics today. So we're advising people. We're truly advising people. And that's what you want to have in any economy, especially in the rates are back to that main question. Rates are settling. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we'd like to see them come down. We do see them in the next 24 months, you know, doing a retraction. Otherwise, I believe the real estate prices will have to retract more. Right. And I don't, I don't believe that that will be where it goes because guess what? We still have more buyers than we have homes for sale. Right. And we still have more buyers that want that American dream than we have homes that are even built. Well, you've done well here today, I think. You've educated uh, business owners, <laughs> our, our audience, and most importantly, you praised your wife and your mother. So uh, good job there. If somebody wanted to get a hold of you, how can they do that? Yeah, the best way to reach us is if you want to call or text, um, you can call us at 314-551-9587. You can text that same number. One call does it all. And if you want to check us out online, you can check out uh, champyourdream.com or Coach Kirpin at benchmark.us is my email. Great. Thanks for coming on. Continued success. Thank you. Thanks, Nathan. (laughs)